I don't know why I didn't know this. I think it's because I might have seen you at some uh, shows in the South. But uh, when I lived in Florida, you were doing some stuff with like FIP. I think uh, you did in uh, Impact Taping, but uh, you have some ties to New Jersey area, right? Yeah, I'm originally from New Jersey. I'm from Camden, New Jersey, right outside Philadelphia. So uh, born and raised. I went to school there, went to college there and uh, basically got my break there. And um, yeah, I just moved away. I just I needed to get away. If you know anything about Camden, it just wasn't a uh, suitable place for for me to continue growing. You know, I still have family there who continues to struggle, but I just couldn't see myself raising a family in a in an area that I just knew too much about, too much, you know, poverty, drugs, danger, and all that. And I just wanted to get away. And I fell in love with Florida super early on in my life, so it just kind of made sense once mm-hmm. you know I finished college. Yeah, I live uh, 10, 20 minutes north of Philly, so yep, yeah, yeah. Camden. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like when I was living down there, I'd see you on these shows, and then you know, since you you've been released, I've seen like you've been at the Monster Factory, and you've kind of been up this way a little bit. So I I didn't realize until after the fact, you know, how deep those ties were. Yeah, I mean, I still have my I have a daughter who lives up there, so I'm I'm literally trying to take as many bookings as possible in New Jersey. Uh, spend an extra couple of days up there, spend time with her, uh, gives me a reason, not that I didn't have a reason before, but makes it a lot easier when, you know, I'm there for work and then I have a couple of days. So, uh, yeah, and I've, I've always had ties with New Jersey's, you know, wrestling schools, Monster Factory, uh, you know, a couple of other places that I, I like to just go and, you know, just just try, try things out and, and see what's going on in the world of professional wrestling on the independence level. But uh those those places always hooked me up and always allowed me to just like go and train and do me, not worry about like, oh man, this is a luchador doing lucha libre style. They know I could do everything. And uh, you know, Monster Factory has been on my priority list to work with as far as teaching. I have a very I'm very passionate about teaching. You know, that was my background before wrestling. I was a teacher. So like it's kind of just like all coming into play. So yeah, you'll see me in a lot of wrestling schools. Uh, in New Jersey, you'll see me in a lot of places in New Jersey, just, you know, just expanding as much as possible. Now, you mentioned this, I believe it was the Sports Illustrated interview, but, you know, you you pitched some ideas in WWE. You talked about uh, wanting to add layers to your character and you're pretty, you know, you're not the first to say it probably won't be the last. But what do you think the the disconnect is where, you know, there, there is a ceiling in, in some ways for like a luchador in WWE. Yeah. Like, what do you think that disconnect is where there aren't as many layers or deep character driven stories for talent like that, where there's clearly yeah. a, a desire from talent and fans? Yeah, I think there's a cultural disconnect. And uh, what I mean by that. <clears throat> and it's not a race thing and it's not a, um, you know, demographic thing. It really isn't, but it's a culture disconnect. And what I mean by that is when you have writers of certain experiences or culture and, and they don't get your experiences or culture because of, you know, uh, you know, environments or how they were raised, it's hard for, and again, it's not a race thing, but it's hard for a white person to write for a Hispanic person or a black person or an Asian person because they don't understand what we went through or what we go through or what our culture embodies, especially with the Lucha Libre, what that means to our culture. 
And when they think of Lucha Libre, and I'm not saying just WWE, I'm just saying a lot of people, a lot of American people uh, around the world, when they think of Lucha Libre, they think of just mass wrestlers. When I think of Lucha Libre, I think of mass wrestlers, incredible athletes. I think of vintage movies. I think of men in, in incredible suits and outfits. I think of a society of, of, of athletes that is, you know, different than just, you know, these entertainers and all that. We had pitched incredible ideas. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I said that I, we thought and I thought we had pitched incredible ideas, changing life, changing ideas. We thought about, you know, breaking barriers. The fact that we were able to speak was different. Not saying that, you know, Rey Mysterio couldn't speak, not saying Sin Cara could speak, Calisto. But man, like we had something special, like what one of us lacked, we, we picked it up. And like it was like the perfect triangle that we had. And I just saw this being so different. I saw this being more than just the luchadors. I saw this being more than just the Power Rangers. Um, I saw this being, you know, the Charlie's Angels of, of WWE, where they can do everything and anything and still look badass doing it. And it's just, uh, yeah, it was just a big culture disconnect when they just didn't see it as, uh, as anything more than just the Lucha Lucha chance. And it was just very frustrating, like when we would say, hey, can we do this promo in a suit? Well, why would you want to do it in a suit? Why wouldn't you do it in your gear? Well, everybody does it in their gear. But when's the last time you've seen a vast luchador do a promo in a suit? That's kind of cool and different. We always try to do something different, even if it didn't make sense to anybody besides us. We just wanted to be different. I wanted to be very different. Uh, I came back uh, from a little hiatus wearing capris, like three-quarter tights. I came up with that idea because I saw a lot of guys wearing tights. I saw a lot of guys wearing trunks. And I said, well, if I'm going to come back and be different, let me wear capris. Like, it didn't matter if it stuck. It just, I just wanted to be different. I wanted, I knew I was different and I just wanted to be different. And I just, I just felt like I wasn't given the, the proper opportunity to be different because we were just pigeonholed. Yeah. And, you know, more often than not, you don't know if something's going to work unless you do put it out there. So, you know, uh, like just do it if you fail go back to the drawing board see how you can make it work and if it works it works so i'd rather fail on my that's my biggest thing i'd rather fail i love learning i love failing because then i I learn more and i just never got to that point where i was just like coasting by and i just was like complacent because they made it that way you know like oh no you're just the lucha guys You're, you're just the guys to you know, do these spots. And I just, I just wanted more. I always wanted more. And this was even before WWE. Like I always wanted more on the independent scene. I didn't want to be the fatal four-way guy, the six-way guy. I wanted to be a guy, like the guy that people depend on doing singles matches and like captivating people and, and, you know, talking to them. Like if we were talking today right now and you'd be surprised how many people, especially after WWE or even during WWE, they're like, man, I I didn't know you could speak. I didn't know you could speak English, but I'm from New Jersey, man. Like <laughs> I can speak. I'm not. Yeah, I represent my culture, the Latino culture, but I'm not. I'm also not Mexican. Like I'm just representing the Lucha Libre culture because that's what I love about, you know, that specific part of the culture. And, you, you know, you, you just mentioned wanting to wear the suit. Like I'm thinking of like I've seen pictures of El Santo at press conferences and like going out in public. And, you know, a lot in a lot of ways that was because identities were so protected but it's also you know at at least for you i would assume it's you know paying homage 
to like that era where you know you still see the mask but it's you know a business presentation it's cool. different it's cool it's yeah it's fucking cool like it, it, to me I, I i pitched to them like this i said write us write write us like you would write anybody else i would go food shopping i would go grocery shopping i would go wash my car everything i would do in a mask what's the difference i just wear a mask mm-hmm. like we could talk we could communicate we could do everything the same the only difference is i wear a mask i don't really think i'm a cat i really like i don't really like you know, honestly think I'm a cat. Do I perform like one? I mean, like m- maybe my agileness is, but like, it's just a prop. Let me be me kind of thing. And I just never, we just never got that opportunity. Any uh, ideas that you maybe pitch that you think you can carry on now that you're on your own? Like, I know a lot of it was like Lucha House Party, but anything that you, you really feel strongly about that you want to introduce on the indies right now? Sure. I mean, even the Lucha House Party idea, I'll show you original concepts uh, that I had done, like all PowerPoint. I, again, there is a very visual company. So I wanted to, you know, not just go in there with words. I wanted to say, hey, look, this is what I thought. Here's some concepts. Here's some art. Here's some ideas. And like, man, I don't know what happened. Like we, somebody came in Vince's office with a pinata and we were just like dead in the water right there. And then, and I was like, man, but what about these ideas where like, you know, maybe we could have our own Lucha lounge where it's like a club and like, we're like a little bit harder. And like, we all had these specific attitudes and personalities, but yeah, we're just, we were just the pinata guys and the Lucha guys. But as far as the ideas, I definitely want to do, um, I still want to pay homage and do those like Lucha vignettes, like the movies, uh, as far as like, when I want to do promos, I think I want to do a little bit more artistic. I want to do a little bit more harder. I don't want to just stand in there and say, Hey, come to my show February 12th, where you're going to see Lindsay Dorado perform to me. That's boring. That's nothing creative. Like that's why I left WWE with two years left on my contract. I just felt very unfulfilled. Now all the ideas I wanted to do that I don't have to ask for permission or ask for, um, you know, is this okay? Or or can I get help, uh, you know, getting a crew just to film this, you know, since it is part of the company. But um, I have a, I have an idea that I really want to portray that I've always had since day one um, for me personally. And it's, it's going to go pay homage a little bit to Batman because uh, I feel like my life has always been in the Batman universe with me being Bruce Wayne and then say being Batman. And uh, but ultimately, like, I feel like I'm two faced too, where I'm like good and evil inside, like the portray I portray myself as good. But like inside, I'm so angry. Like I'm a you know, I love I love violence. I love fighting. I love jujitsu. I love wrestling. I love like that combatness. But then I play the, uh, you know, the good guy like or I just want to be you know, hold your hand up, I'll wipe your tears away, little boy, when, whenever you're crying or you see me getting beat up. But uh, I had this idea that I really want to portray where, um, you know, where it, I'm in conflict with myself, Lindsay versus the person behind the mask. Because for 17 years, everybody has known Lindsay, but they've never asked or never even inquired about the person behind the mask. So now you're going to see a little bit more of that where, you know, I've been teasing an un- unmasking or I've been teasing a different side of Lindsay and I wasn't able to show that side in WWE because I had to be a specific way. Now I'm going back to my old way, my old roots right before I went to the uh, WWE on the Indies. I felt like I had this swagger and uh, I had lost it when I got complacent. Now I'm finding it back and I'm just like, I'm in my groove. I'm in my grind. And um, you know, I think having that idea with the promos I want to do 
it's gonna just make it come to light and now show a side of like oh man this guy's just not a lucha guy like you know it's interesting you know like that's what i want people i always want people to say man this is interesting i want to know more yeah yeah you know batman's a really good example because it's a very visual rogues gallery but you know often the best stories at least with batman are, are very psychological they're you know mm-hmm. like you're talking yeah, about like, wanting to explore when, I, when layers. I say that yeah when i say that like when, when whenever i talk about batman and uh, even when my acting coach we were talking and i was like i see myself being batman like, everything about him is exactly me where like everybody knows he's lindsay but nobody knows he's bruce wayne right and everybody like knows his parents got murdered well my, my, my father got murdered and i don't like really talk to my dad so it's like it's all just like coming into play where it's like reality is like mixing with this pro wrestling world and it's like a lot more realism for me now because now i'm i'm finding my groove and i'm feeling it rather than just like going through the motions kind of thing you looking forward to the live action film uh the new one yeah i heard it's three hours long man i don't know my attention span can uh (laughs) but that first batman begins though i've never i couldn't watch it full through like it it was so long and yeah i just i couldn't watch it all of the other ones after i was i was hooked Mm -hmm. but yeah the attention span i don't know if uh three hours uh i could do i mean i couldn't do it raw you know as soon as i was done i was out i couldn't do it yeah and it wasn't anything bad it was just like it's just long just too long it, you, you have to dedicate yourself to it whether it's you know raw or a movie yeah. like that like i i've i've still never seen uh wolf of wall street oh, because that's God. actually you know what kalisto got me on that samurai got me on that i never watched it until wwe i was i was super super sheltered like didn't know anything about pop culture i mean being from camden like we grew up poor so like i never understood like all these mm. all the songs that i've heard from like indie wrestling i thought there were wrestling theme songs i'm talking about enter the sandman man in the box like all of mm-hmm. that i thought was wrestling theme songs coming to find out they're like real life artists and i'm yeah. like 25 30 years old finding this out and i'm like man where have i been living oh under a wrestling rock my entire life 16 17 years uh that that's an interesting way to put it because we've been talking a lot about not getting opportunities ceilings uh, and you know, the, the mass Republic partnership is really cool because that I feel like is a bridge to all of these things that you want to do. And I I've talked to Kevin over the years. Uh, I mean, they're just opening a door for, mm-hmm. especially like domestic fans to Lucha Libre culture, to Mexican culture. They've had, and if anybody doesn't know about Mass Republic, it's, you know, it's designed for talent to, to make their careers easier, to have uh, merchandising deals. I know they, they helped get a work visa for a group of luchadors. It's just, you know, it, it's providing a platform for talent and fans. And a couple of the things they did was like, they're doing NFTs now. They have a, a literacy program through Encantos. And they're using Lucha Libre as the vehicle, but you know, how is that going to help expand your brand? Like you are, you have all these ideas that you've presented, you know, to me right now, but how is the, the new master public partnership going to help you expand your brand even further? Sure. I mean, I've worked with mass Republic since 2007. 
they actually gave me one of my first big breaks uh, when I did their pilot for Viva La Lucha in Tijuana, Mexico. And uh, I've, I've connected with them ever since. I've never lost track with Kevin. Um, I've met Kevin, like I said, in 2007, 2006. And right away, we kind of hit it off where like, he understood like, okay, man, here's a, here's an American luchador who can connect with the American audience, build that bridge. Like you just said, from the Lucha Libre to the American audience and vice versa. And, uh, you know, I get it where it comes to like, not just the Lucha Libre and the art of the in-ring performance. Like you got to be the total package. I call it the Lex Luger, right? You got to be it, the brand, you got to have the social media, you got to be everything, not just the in-ring desire. You got to be desired outside of the ring as well. So uh, it just made sense when uh, when I asked for my release that my, me and Mass Republic linked back up and uh, they knew that I was already working on stuff because before that on my Twitch, I was doing, you know, I was writing my books uh, live where people, you know, can help, you know, watch me write my memoirs or whatever I was doing. I was writing some like kids books and all that. I have four books that I'm writing currently, uh, two kids books, one and two wrestling books, one being an auto and one being like a survival guide to pro wrestling on the indies on the indie scene from my point of view and then um you know we had talked about just making it better like yeah we can connect with lucha libre like you know hey come watch the show and we got psychosis and all these other guys but we needed more than that if we wanted lucha libre to expand and it's not just for me it's just the i'm looking at it as a total package like overall uh the lucha libre world uh we need more eyes on that. And it's just not enough right now to have like our guys go out there and just perform and be like, yeah, this is, this represents the mass Republic. Like, no, we want guys on the carpet. We want guys doing media. We want guys producing kids shows and all of that. And I got the mindset for that. I love all aspects of entertainment, whether it's wrestling, video, music, all of that. I get it. And I, I love it. They get it too. Uh, we, we communicate literally every day on some, um, you know, ideas, whether it's audio books, metaverse stuff that we'll be, you know, introducing later. Um, you talked about the NFTs and, um, and again, it's just getting more eyes on the product of Lucha Libre, not so much the Mass Republic brand, not so much the Lince Dorado brand, but uh, we are going to be the, the catalyst for this drive uh, moving forward for the Lucha Libre brand uh, in the American scene. And hopefully, um, you know, it goes glo super global. It is, it's global now, but like it, it could be, I think with the right people, Mass Republic, me and, and some other guys with the right mindset, I think we could definitely, you know, put a rocket on Lucha Libre and, and blow it up, especially with the world moving as fast as it can. You know, it's part of culture. You know, you can't, there's no denying that Lucha Libre is a part of, of American culture. It's a part of wrestling culture, hundred percent, but you know, it's a part of culture. You can't go to a, an American football game or, uh, or a European football game without seeing a Lucha Libre mask. You know, you can't, and it's everywhere. Everybody loves Lucha Libre and, and it's our mission now with our ideas to spread more, more, more Lucha Libre. Everything is Lucha Libre. And that was my campaign in WWE was I wanted everything to be Lucha, Lucha underwear, Lucha snacks, everything Lucha, because that's what it was. Now we're going to bring that brand to the main world. If they don't want it, we'll bring it. I'm excited to see what, what you guys have in store. Uh, specifically, I'm looking forward to Expo Lucha. Oh, yeah. Uh, Philadelphia. So 
you know, close to home. I know that the first two were West Coast and then last year was virtual because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But uh, Expo Lucha's June 11th and 12th at the 2300 Arena. Uh, you can find out more information at expolucha.com. And I'm sure there'll be a bunch of announcements as we get closer to that. But oh, yeah. Uh, it's cool to to hear that you're you're working on a book, uh, multiple books. Sorry, uh, I know you're you're a really creative person. Like not only just talking about some of the creative plans, but you know you're a gear maker too. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you've showed off some of your work over the years. Uh, do you feel like now is the best time to be getting back? into the independent scene because of that because now and i know you talked about like bridging the gap with mass republic and restrictions in wwe but do you feel like you know maybe the advance of in technology or do you like is is this like a, a really good time overall just to you know be an independent wrestler be building your own brand that maybe couldn't oh, happen five ten years ago i, I, I think uh during the pandemic every person should have reinvented themselves, invested in their social media. I, I feel like everybody should be booked right now because they've had this time to re to do that. Technology is free. It's it's literally free, right? All these apps that are free advertisement for you are free, but nobody's using that, which is like crazy. For me, it's 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 funny because I started in 2006, 2007, and uh I remember going to shows and I'd be happy to have a curtain, maybe, maybe one light at the curtain. Right. And then like you do these shows. Now you see these shows where like big productions and, and, I'm, and some of these shows are like, you know, they're not bottom feeder shows, but like, I'm like, man, I remember like this building having, you know, just a curtain. Now you guys got a stage and everything. And they're just not taking advantage of that. They're just not taking advantage of like, that looks so professional just snapping a picture of you right in front of that just makes your social media look so much more professional. And uh, the technology is there where, you know, it's so much cheaper to get a green screen or, or a camera than it was 10 years ago where you're paying thousands of dollars. Now you're paying maybe like three, 400 bucks for the, for an entire thing, a setup. And uh, you know, you could do your own promo pictures. You could do your own, you know, your own green screen videos. Like I literally do all my stuff by myself. Like everything I do is by myself. I wanted to be self-made. I wanted to be self-sufficient. You know, if I fail, I fail on my own. I can't fail on anybody else kind of thing. So I made sure that, you know, I, I do got the technology that will help me, you know, and it's nothing crazy. I think people just need to invest in, in something that they're going to use all the time, you know, that setup, whether it be lights and cameras and it just that technology will make you look so much more professional. It makes you stand out, makes your social media stand out, makes it look like you put in the work when you really, you know, you just put in the work financially. But other than that, like I'm all about technology. I think whatever makes me look like a superstar, I'm going to use, you know, filters. Um, like I said, green screen. I love editing. I, I taught myself how to use um Adobe, Premiere Pro, After Effects, everything I've done, like all those graphics I did on my Twitch, all the animations I've done on myself. Like I learned and taught myself and that's more people need to do that. They just need to be, you know, driven, self-driven, first of all, and, you know, just learn, take the time to learn and be patient. Yeah. I think, you know, there, there's a lot that happened in the past two years, but 
I think the most positive takeaway is uh, seeing people that challenge themselves and seeing people that express found a, a you know a healthy creative outlet, a way to express themselves, whether it was through people made merchandise or people taught themselves a new skill, you know, it, it's refreshing to hear that, you know, you want to do all those things for yourself. So, you know, I, I totally agree with where you're coming from as far as, you know, making, making your own way. It's your brand, like present it the way you want to be seen and figure out how to get there. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just important. I had a like really rough time in WWE probably in like 2017, 18 maybe 17, 16 to 17. Um, I just like, I, I, I lost myself. Remember I told you earlier on the Indies, I, right before WWE, I was finding my groove. I was there, I was there. And then I don't know what happened where I just kind of like got complacent and I lost myself. And um, finally, I, I don't know, man, I, I, I tell this to everybody. There was a video, I swear it doesn't exist, but it does exist kind of thing where I found it. And it kind of just like made me at ease where it's like, you know, stop stressing about certain things and learn how to channel all these stresses into like a challenge or, you know, challenge yourself to learn something. And ever since then, like you see these books in my background, like I've read every one of these books in WWE. Like this isn't just from, you know, my time before. I just loved reading in WWE. But like one of the things um, my my stoic book just I remember reading was like always challenge yourself, like always wake up with, every day with one thing to accomplish feel accomplished. Like just waking up is an accomplishment enough. And uh, sometimes, you know, I have that rule where I, I'll pick one activity a day, you know, whether it's jujitsu or go to the gym um, or it's a project at home. Usually the gym and jujitsu are like, you know, automatic, but like, if I have to do something, I'll just pick one thing. I don't want to stress myself out and do two or three or four things, even though they're all on my mind. Right. And I'll probably end up doing them. I know on that agenda for that day, I only need to accomplish one thing. And when I do accomplish it or learn a new skill or do something like I feel so much better about myself, I feel invincible. I feel like no, like nobody could tell me anything and I just smile at them and be like, okay, cool, whatever. And then move on with my life. Like nothing will get to me now, you know? And I think again, that's probably um, that not probably that's why I left WWE. I just felt like I wasn't challenged anymore. I was very complacent. Um, I didn't like my role. Um, and it was because I wasn't challenged in my role. I, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about yesterday. I'm worried about today and, um, just keep my hustle going. You've worked two matches since your non-compete expired. Three, 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 three. matches. Yes, sir. Which ones do you have? I'll tell you which ones. CZW and then the uh, Sam uh, Adonis match. Okay, so my very first match uh, from my release should have been in Toronto, but uh, Toronto got shut down. That would have been for Demand Lucha, um, a company I wrestled for like a bunch of times before. But um, a company I used to wrestle for way back in the day called Dog Wrestling was doing a show at my college at Rowan University. And... um, you know, they had asked me if I would be their first or if I would, you know, be their first show back. And it just made sense. It was in my college, you know, for a company that I wrestled for before. It was super low key. I wrestled one of my friends, uh, Deshaun Pratt, who's the uh, head trainer at CZW. And uh, yeah, that was my first match back, believe okay. it or not. And then Sunday, uh, that Sunday was CZW. And then this past week was uh, Sam Adonis match. 
which I like that one out of the uh, the other two. No offense. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, I stand corrected, but uh, you know, I was also gonna, and I'll mention this: uh, the gifts are all over the place, or you can watch the full match, the full event on Fight. But you know, you tore it up with oh, Sam. Man. It was so much fun to watch. Whether you, you saw a segment or two or I the whole it. thing, but is that match? Usually, I do a watch list. I'll ask like you know, what's your most memorable or whatever, like, is that most recent one, you know, all encompassing best represents what you want to accomplish from here on out? I think so. I think, uh, one, I knew Sam Adonis for like 17 years. He was one of the first people I met when he was a little porker, but my man, that's my dude right there. Like I wrestled for him and his pop and Corey Graves's uh, dad way back in the day in Pittsburgh. And, um, we, we always stayed in touch, you know, we always stayed in touch and we always just, uh, just always talked. And when we had this opportunity to wrestle, I had told him, I said, Hey, look, man, I'm just, uh, I'm the attraction, but I want you to wrestle me. Like if we were having like a ECW match and he was like, perfect, let's do it. And it wasn't like anything like crazy that like we were throwing, like, you know, we threw some chairs and all that, but we weren't taking like some crazy bumps, but I just wanted to be free. I wanted to be free. I wanted to have like no restrictions, no time limits. I didn't like, it still made sense, which was awesome. Like when people like, you know, you talk to people, uh, I think that's why my first two matches, I kind of got thrown off a little bit. It just didn't make sense what I was doing. Um, but now this match made sense. And I just had a lot of fun. I felt like I was the man behind the mask wrestling besides Lindsay wrestling, you know, like I felt like we were both in sync sometimes. I don't know. That sounds kind of crazy. Like, you know, but sometimes I feel like it is Lindsay wrestling and it's his style and it's his, like, this is what y'all expect of me. So this is what I'm going to give y'all. But for some reason on Saturday, I kind of just was feeling myself and I would just, you know, I, I, I felt indestructible. I felt, you know, I wanted to always go out with a bang. I always wanted to give the audience, you know, something to talk about. I never wanted to just come in and be a part of the show. I've always wanted them to talk about me, you know, after the show, which they're doing now. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but, uh, it, it, that's my mind. That's my mentality to always go out there and not only steal the show, but like rob it, you know, like I want everybody to know that I'm still here and I'm still can do this. And I still love this and I still want this. And that I don't want to be the six-way guy. I don't want to be the fatal four-way guy. I don't want to be a three-way guy. Like, I'm here to be the, the fucking man. Like, I want to be the man. I want to be the, the top luchador that everybody talks about. I want to be the top guy that everybody wants to book. And not just because I'm a former WWE wrestler. Like, I don't want that. Like, look at me for who I am. Same thing I told WWE. I don't want to be a Hispanic wrestler. I don't want to be a Latino wrestler. I just want to be a superstar who happens to be Latino. So look at me as not just, you know, a former WWE wrestler. Look at me as like, this is Lindsay Dorado. Like he's back unleashed. He's, he's here, you know. Any uh, upcoming bookings? Where can, like, where can we find you? I know you have a pro wrestling tease store. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we mentioned Expo Lucha. Any upcoming appearances? Or yeah, for sure. Uh, all my appearances, you could check out my website, www.luchalit.com slash book Lindsay Dorado. On there, you'll see my all my calendars. Uh, it's up to date every day. Um, I got the uh, PWX Sweet 16 tournament coming up. Um, I believe my first round will be against Ethan Case. So I'll be uh, whooping his ass pretty soon. I got uh, Blitzkrieg 
pro wrestling in Massachusetts, where I'll be wrestling Evo Uno at the end of the month. Um, if you're in the Springfield, Mass area, I will be uh, doing some signings at the Zombie Hideout and Captain's Corner for a virtual signing. Um, pro Wrestling Revolver, Wrestling Revolver for uh, Sammy Callahan. I'll be there. Even though I said I wasn't, I didn't want to be in a fatal four way. I'm in a fatal four way there, but that one's a little bit different. It's a little bit more fun. Uh, plus, like Revolver is pretty cool. Uh, Sammy's been my boy since you know day one, also too. So I don't mind doing something crazy for him. But uh, yeah, I got some stuff Mania weekend. I'll be down there in Dallas doing some signings. I'm trying to get on some shows. Uh, I got one show on uh, Saturday for Lucha Maniacs in a six way, a uh, six man tag. I'm sorry, and then uh, I probably will be flying to Detroit on Sunday for Mania uh, for another show, and then headed back. So yeah, I got some stuff coming up. It's it's coming in slow, steady. You know, I'm trying again. I'm trying to overwork myself i'm not trying to overwhelm myself i'm still trying to find time to be creative and uh you know i just i'm living life and i'm loving it right now like i'm truly loving my life right now not that i wasn't before i did love my life uh, but right now i feel without that stress so much happier plenty of places to catch you uh i know the revolver shows April 16th. So plenty yes. of opportunities to catch you on the road uh, for the next few months. Um, hopefully we'll get to run into each other in June at Expo Lucha, but please. You know, yeah, please. So, so much going on. Uh, I appreciate your, your positivity, your outlook on everything. And, you know, thanks again for the time today. No, brother. I appreciate 